Yeah, okay. So, say something. Hello? I'm talking. I'm saying something. I'm singing. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. I got it. Are you good? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that can read the ingredients on the back of a pack of chewing gum and unlock the secrets of the universe. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Howdy. Hey. So, um, Peter, how was your Halloween? Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that question caught me off guard. Right. But, um... right. Last week was Halloween, so how was your <laughs> right, Halloween? Right, right. <laughs> It was amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got oh, nothing. How about fantastic. You? <laughs> Get a lot of candy. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll um, go with that. No, we. Uh, I went to a Halloween party, um, did the Stranger Things costume. It was good. It was fun. Yeah. Um, we, they played a game. I, we're all getting sick because of this game, but... Um, let me explain. So, okay. so we're all st- we're all <laughs> what staying- kind of party was this? Is a, this is an adults-only, no-kids party, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice. So everyone got to get babysitters and go you know, out and have adult beverages and not worry about their children for a night. Um, but the lady who hosted the party, she in the middle of the party, she goes, who wants to play the cereal box game? And uh, we're all like, I don't know what that is. And she goes, it's like limbo, but in reverse, which that sentence alone makes you say, I don't know what that is. So what they did was, is they put this cereal box in the middle of the floor, and then you took turns, and then what you had to do was you bent over, without letting your knees or your hands touch the ground, you had to pick up the cereal box with your mouth. Oh, I've played this game. Right. I've done and it then, uh, and then when everyone, bags. And then when yeah. everyone goes, you cut a... You cut a row off the cereal box, yeah. and then I got way farther than I thought I would. But I'm, um, I'm horrible at that game. <laughs> I am very, I'm not a very flexible person. I'm very tightly wound, and no, I'm like for after the first round or two, I'm out. Yeah, so. I got, I got way farther than I did. I thought I was going to, but yeah, it, it all worked out. Um, so yeah, no, the party was good. Um, Halloween was fine. You know, yeah. nothing too exciting. I've been watching scary movies on TV just because they're on and I'm like, oh, this is on click. I've actually That's been watching awesome. a lot of Gremlins because for some reason Gremlins and Gremlins 2 have been on a well, lot Gremlins lately. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Is right. Gremlins but, 2 isn't, from what I remember. It's been a long time since Gremlins I've seen 2 is not. One. I have a feeling it's just sci-fi's been like running yeah. Running them back to back for Halloween for like their creature features. I just haven't seen them in a while, so they've been on a lot. So I've just been watching them when they like. I'm going to bed at night. And I'm like, oh, Gremlins is on. That might be why I'm not sleeping well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Nice. Um, but are you watching anything? Uh, actually, I wish I was watching more horror movies like you were saying. I haven't been. I've actually been just watching a ton of uh, Riverdale. Actually, so I've been trying to catch up. Um, Where are you? Because now I'm excited. <laughs> I'm like halfway through season three, and it's funny because I knew I got at, to some point in season two. I thought I almost finished it, but I'm still not sure, but I remembered hating the musical musical episode so much, 
So that's just where I picked it up, picked it back up. Okay. I watched like right after the musical episode. It was that was that the Carrie musical? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. And uh, I I think it's funny because I think I only made it like back when I was watching it week to week. I only made it like one or two episodes past the musical episode. <laughs> and, like <laughs> seriously, that musical episode just killed it for me. I just I didn't like it very. And like that's one of the few things I don't like about the show is. The, the most music. of the musical scenes, yeah. For oh. some reason, like they have to throw in all these random sing-alongs, and like, I know I'm not in the demographic of the show. <laughs> like, it makes sense that I don't like it, but I just don't like those parts. But I think the show. I've never binged Riverdale before, and that's what I'm doing right now. And I feel like all the ridiculous elements of it become more apparent. Because if you watch it week to week... they do. Week, well, they they are more apparent. And every week yeah. I watch it and I go, I shouldn't be watching this show, <laughs> but, I, but I can't stop watching yeah. the show. Well, like every when you watch it week to week, there's maybe a couple ridiculous things in, in, an, in an episode where you're like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. It's just a couple things. But when you watch episodes back to back, you just start noticing more and more where it's just like, these kids are acting like adults. Like, they're all doing adult things. And they're they're all in high school, and they don't go to class. (laughs) (laughs) And they talk to their parents in ways that nobody's ever talked to their parents before. um, And there's, like, all these ridiculous aspects like that. But the story and the mystery I've been enjoying a lot, Um, especially at the beginning of... So you're in season three, so that's Mm -hmm. with the Griffins and Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. And the Gargoyle King and stuff. And that... I've really been enjoying that mystery. Um, where I've left off is kind of... I don't want to spoil too much about, for let listeners, Let me ask you this. But Did you get to the episode where they show the flashback with the parents? Yeah, that was like the third or fourth episode. Oh, I don't remember how far it was. I don't know how far it was in. It's because they all had to play the younger version of <laughs> yeah. the parents, yeah. which was just astounding to watch them as actors because of how... I just... Because of how... like It was like they got all the mannerisms right, the way the lines were delivered were correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just... they Everything was, like, right, and then... It's I kind of liked that too because they set this interesting precedent where anytime they have to show a parent in a flashback, I noticed they do it a, a little bit more in later episodes. They can always just use whoever their kid is and like have them play. And it's kind of like a cool casting shortcut that they kind of set the precedent up for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like right where I'm at is uh, the beginning of season three had all this like gargoyles and gargoyle king stuff, and they kind of revealed who the first person posing as the Gargoyle King was, and then um, Archie leaves Riverdale for a little bit, but then he comes back. So, and like, so when he left, did you see him at the small little farm? Oh, did you catch that? Oh, okay. I didn't did you realize catch that. It did have a really familiar feeling, but I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. it was that specific farm. Yeah, that's really I just, cool. I remember watching that episode. I'm like, I think that's the Smallville farm. Oh, that's and then that's I'm like, really oh my cool. goodness, that is the Smallville farm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I'm kind of right when he comes back, and he's kind of trying to figure out like where he fits into the river after the bear world. attack. Yeah, yeah. No, and after and I, his revenant experience. I'd say where I'm at kind of feels like a little bit of a lull in the in this in the season where I was like the begin at the beginning of the season there's so much gargoyle stuff going on that I was so excited about and it's, that's kind of died down and I know it's going to come back and there's going to be a lot more crazy stuff that happens but where I'm at now is kind of this weird like eye of the storm part of the season I think but I'm just kind of powering through it right. so Hopefully I'll catch up soon. Are they on their fourth or fifth season right now? The current season is season four. Oh, okay. So I'm actually don't have much to watch. You're not. Okay. You're not that far behind. And what's interesting about season four because I was watching 
I was watching the current episode, and I feel like, and I don't want to say the show is a mess, but Luke Perry passed away in real life, so the very first episode of the season was handling the Luke Perry death yeah. on the show. Then the second episode was like the actual premiere of the season, where you're like, where have all my friends been? We gotta catch up. Yeah. And you have to catch up and see where everyone's life has been over the course of the summer that we had to wait for the show to come back. And then the next episode, it like it just it feels like they have to get back on track to mm-hmm. like the weird Riverdale nonsense. Yeah. So um, so yeah, like I don't want to say the show's a mess, but it's like this season's like still finding its legs to be whatever it is coming. Interesting. Down the yeah. So. There is one thing I was thinking of while watching the show because like how I was saying. How is how like while binging it through, I've just noticed like all these ridiculous things, and I was just thinking about how if this show was animated, you wouldn't give a second thought to like, oh, you know, like Veronica owns a secret speakeasy below the diner, like that's no big deal. Like in an animated show, yeah, I'd be like, oh, that point. makes sense. But yeah. live action, and that's why, and that's why so we weird. let it go and forget yeah. the show for what it well, is. Well, I was thinking like since they do, they are doing musical episodes. I almost would like to see them do an animated episode and like have all the oh, characters animated and like because Archie the traditional was a cartoon like Archie, at one yeah, point. yeah the old school Archie style and I mean it could be a dream episode but I think it'd just be cool to have like an Archie has a dream and that. the whole Archie yeah like yeah goes like to that sleep sort of thing like, or, yeah it, it's all animated that'd be that'd be cool I think that'd be a like, that'd be a cool direction that, they could that, go that would be kind of that would be kind of neat um, yeah. Is that all you really watched? Is you been um, watching Riverdale? The only other thing I've been watching is, and I wanted to mention this last week for our Halloween episode, and I forgot, but uh, I'm still keeping up with Walking Dead. So like, we're like three episodes into the new season. I don't know if you watch this show anymore. I have. At all, I or... kind of fell off the Walking Dead wagon. Okay. Sorry, Walking Dead. But are you? Um, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't keep up. Are you? Do you care about spoilers at all? It's at not this a big point. Thing. At this point, okay. no. So. At the beginning of this new season, there's, and this is a spoiler alert alert for listeners, but this is literally the first shot of the season they show, a uh, satellite that's orbiting the Earth crashes, like, crashes into our atmosphere and into, you know, hits the ground close by where all the characters are staying, you know, like, within walking distance from Alexandria and all those colonies they're in. And uh, they haven't really revealed what is going on, but I feel like that satellite crash is going to have a big, like, it's going to be very important this season. Sure. And I think that's kind of cool. Like, they seem to be bringing something new into it. Um, But, yeah, we were watching it, and my wife brought up this kind of interesting point that I didn't realize. But I think one of the problems with Walking Dead right now is for the last, like, four or five seasons it's all taken place in the same area. Like, there's, like, four or five different oh, colonies, right. and they're, it's all about this small little corner of the world and, like, how they all interact with each other, but we're not seeing anything new setting-wise. Right. And I just realized, like, no matter how good the stories are, I think that could it could help if they just brought in something new or had them, like have to go somewhere else or something because i didn't realize it but it's true like walking dead has been about the same area for the last like five years or something so i don't know just kind of something interesting i noticed that's pretty much it but okay it's another thing where like i hate it but i just have to keep watching this show like (laughs) like i enjoy it but then there's parts (laughs) i don't like it like about it but i enjoy it enough and i've watched so much of it that 
I just I'm gonna keep watching right. this sort of thing. So, and right. there's there's certain characters that are in there that I really like now. Like I really like uh, Dan Fogler's character and stuff like that. So, it's whatever. But how about you? Um, well, in the reading category, I finally uh, started reading. Um, I have a I have this massive stack of comics I'm trying to get through, like massive stack. Right. Um, but I'm also trying to like piggyback those with like actual novels, so it's not just a long stint of comics and like I'm actually reading like a like a novel novel and then jumping back and reading some comics and back and forth. Okay. So I just started reading. Um, I talked about this on the show a while back. It ended up on my stack, but I never got a chance to get to it just because I was busy. Um, but I'm reading the first of the trilogy of the Willow novels. So oh, the, right. the, yeah, the movie, the movie Willow came out like yeah. years ago. They released a, a trilogy of books. The first one's called Shadow Moon. I started it. It's kind of cool so far. Um, kind of getting back into that. I, mean, I didn't watch the movie first, but I kind of now want to rewatch the movie. But so it's a sequel to the it movie. It is. It then? takes place 13 years after the events of the movie. Thir- okay. And the reason I say 13 years is because the baby in the movie that's like the main piece to the plot driv- the, the, of the plot is. Uh, because she was an in, the she was an infant in the movie. Now yeah. she's a teenager, and that's you know. Nice. So the time frame is a, actually a important. Laura Yeah. So it's really kind of it's just interesting and just getting back into that world. Um, the thing I watched, however, was on HBO. Watchmen started. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I I know I know that this started, and so okay. many people have, have been you watched me about it? it. No, I haven't watched okay. it yet. If you know the source material. Whether you've read the whether you've read the book or you have watched the uh, Zack Snyder film, there's a lot in there if you know the source material in terms of Easter eggs and that kind of thing, and you can kind of go, oh, I see some, you know, <laughs> there's some things that pop yeah. up and it catches your attention. If you are not watching the source material, because I was kind of looking at it through the prism of if, could someone jump into this not knowing anything? Absolutely. There's some stuff that you might not like. There's a there's a news broadcast of something in the background. That if you know the source material, you know what that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, you're like, probably, what is that if you don't know what you're getting into? Yeah. It's a very, so far, it seems very isolated, but like I said, if you know what you're getting into, and they just haven't, in that first episode, there wasn't a lot of connections to the original stuff. And I feel like it's coming down the pipe, though. How well do they establish? Because, like, Watchmen's like this weird alternate timeline where like Richard Nixon stayed in office and I think he won a second term or something like he won, that. He was like was on like, his third term. And and it's it's like this in the so in I'm the book I think he was on his third term. For the show, I'm curious like how well they established that sort of like political environment or whatever um, they, for, an, it's, for a newcomer. Oh you know? yeah, it's definitely established. Okay. Um, but it raises a lot of questions for a newcomer. So and I have a feeling that's all gonna come down the pipe. Okay, cool. As the show progresses. So I'm just, I'm excited for more. Nice. Uh, I was talking to some friends about Watchmen and how, like, uh, it's kind of funny. So this show, from what I, and I haven't watched it yet, but from what I've heard from, like, writers' comments and stuff, is that this is a show that doesn't necessarily say whether it's in the book universe or the movie universe. And it's like, I kind of am taking that as, like, they're kind of doing that so they don't have to draw that line and so well, it can just kind of be... the biggest difference from the book and the movie is the ending, like, battle Yeah, sequence. exactly, yeah. Because they had... And I don't blame them for altering it for the movie. Yeah. I will say, however, that there is something that happens in the first episode that makes me wonder if there's a direct correlation to the ending of the book. Okay. 
um, with which we have not officially gotten word on yet. I'll have to watch the movie then to figure out like, however, how, how I feel about that. That's really interesting. However, um, it seems very clear that we're focused on the movie universe um, for the majority of it. Um, Lindelof, uh, David, Damon Lindelof, who is one of the head writers on the show, he specifically said that they were focusing on trying to s- pick up where the show left off X amount of years later. Right. Real time later. I just, I feel like I've read things where they're saying, like, it's in its own universe, but it's a sequel to both stories. So, like, uh, me and my friends were coining terms for it. Like, it's it's not a reboot, it's a C-boot, because it's a sequel reboot. And I don't know, it's just kind of like a weird thing to think about, but I kind of like it. And then... We started th- talking about, like, I wonder if we'll see a pre-boot to this. <laughs> like, we're coming up with all these, we- like, this weird little Well, the comics did the, terms, the, the, but... in the comic books, they did the Before Watchmen, which was not received very well. Um, I did not read that because I didn't want to, because the way the reviews were coming out, I was like, well, I don't want to tarnish this thing that I like, so I'm not going to, you know, mess with yeah. it. And it's um, also it's also a series that had to live up to one of the most legendary comic series ever. Right. And then there's also like Alan Moore was like kind of uh, riling people up to hate before watching men anyways. And like I've never read it either, but it's possible that it's not that bad. But just because of the circumstances, people just like hated it so much, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, well, one thing we both watched uh, was the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> right. Um. So let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll hit some news. Um, did you, you? We both watched Star Wars trailer. What do you think? This is uh, if you have not watched the spoilers uh, Star Wars trailer. I'm going to say right now, there's some spoilers. I'm going to be I'm going to try and be light about the spoilers because I don't have much to say. But I personally don't have much to say about the trailer. Yeah. Um, your thoughts? Though. I th- I think it looks gorgeous. I think um, it's one of just based on this trailer, it is some of the most visually striking footage we've ever seen in the Star Wars universe from just a cinematography aspect. But, um, I mean, overall, it's a Star Wars trailer, so they, I didn't feel like they gave a ton away about the story. They just kind of show a this lot is of the cool third, stuff. This is what know? they say is the third and final trailer for the movie, which means that everything else after this point is going to be all TV spots. Mm-hmm. Um so I doubt we're so the international trailer that releases in Japan or China they will probably have some different footage because they market differently over there. So we might see a couple extra screenshots from that side of the globe. But as far as us goes, um, it, it there's some things in the trailer that actually bug me because there's some things in the trailer that don't feel Star Wars. But I can't really say much about that because I haven't seen the movie and I'm speaking strictly off of chopped up footage that's completely taken out of context. Okay. Like, my thing with the trailer was, like, in the other two trailers that released for this, I was very like, okay, that's where we're going, cool. This time around, I was like, this is a hodgepodge of, like, nonsense because they're like, well, this is safe to show them because we can't show them anything else about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, oh, there's some TIE Fighters. I think we know there's what, TIE Fighters in the movie. <laughs> I think know? that's what t- Star Wars trailers have been doing for but, the last three Well, this feels different films. compared to the other ones. Like, this you feels so? like we really can't show you anything. So here's a ship just cruising okay. off screen, and here's a horse-looking creature, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and here's a shot of C-3PO, because you know he's in the movie, so that's not a spoiler. Like... This feels like 
where they've always protected us from the spoilers in the Star Wars movies in terms of the trailers, this feels like overprotection. Okay. I feel... If that makes sense. I mean, I guess. I feel like they showed more than other of the previous Star Wars movies, though. No. I don't I know. Mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just... And then they also said... I feel like they show, like, I know a couple things that are certain to happen. They also were reporting this, that it's so. the, it was the most... Um, it was the it was supposed to be the most violent Star Wars trailer in the history of Star Wars trailers, and I don't really know what that meant because I didn't think the trailer was really violent. I feel at like all. that's a CYA thing. Like they don't want to risk anybody because of how like how sensitive like I think people can be online nowadays. I think they just don't want anybody to be upset about like anything possible and like. Like you said, there's barely any violence in this trailer, right. but I think they're just kind of, like, covering their ass and, like, making sure <laughs> right. that nobody well, gets upset about it. Well, when the know. trailer dropped, when the trailer dropped, tickets released. So, did you get your tickets? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> right. I actually, I'm guaranteed to see it, but I don't know if I should give details because you might be annoyed. So, <laughs> oh no! Your bosses, your company's yeah, yeah, taking my, my, you guys. Yeah, my like company does like you it's a Christmas party. They yeah, yeah, yeah. You always buy that. tickets for everybody to go to see the newest Star Wars movie. So yeah, yeah. but you got you mentioned that like a couple weeks ago. Okay, so fair that's, enough. that's not that big of a deal. That's cool. <laughs> well, I know you already got annoyed that like we watch stuff while I'm no, at work I get annoyed like... because I'm like, what do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do at work? I actually have to do work. Um, no, uh, I got my ticket. Um, what I think is interesting is because this, there's a story we're going to talk about here in just a second. Um, but the ticket sales were insane because – so Last Jedi ticket sales came out. The trailer aired. I'm sitting there, laptop on my – laptop sitting there with me, and I'm hitting refresh waiting for the trailer to drop. By the time I got into the theater's website, the majority of the theaters were sold out. Now, where I usually take Friday off of work and, like, see it a couple times throughout the weekend, because of the way the ticket sales hit so heavily, so fast, I have to wait till Sunday to see the movie of opening weekend. And I'm kind of, I'm honestly, I'm a little bummed. That means i got to stay away from the internet for, like, X number of days. But <laughs> I did it with Endgame. Not it's that doable. I, I, yeah. I did it with Endgame. Not that big of a deal. But what's interesting about this is, so I'm going to have, so I had to wait, I have to wait till Sunday to see the movie. Star Wars and Star Wars tops Endgame, forty-five percent more pre-ticket, more pre-sale tickets than Endgame did within their first hour of them being launched. Yeah, I heard about this. What I think is interesting about this is it's almost like, I think this is funny because it's like nerd culture, like clearly is winning, but it's <laughs> right. like. Depending on what nerd you are, you want to see the other person's thing on top. <laughs> okay. It's like, Avengers is on top, and you have the Star Wars fans going, not anymore! Like, right. You know what I mean? Like they're all. It's like the streaming wars, but it's like, <laughs> who's got the cooler fandom? That needs yeah. to be up there, so. It's, I did see somebody commenting on it, and I don't, I didn't look into this, but somebody was saying, like, Star Wars uh, ticket sales started at, like, a reasonable time when everybody is awake, and, like... Endgame started at like 5 a.m. or like Endgame something. Endgame started where, like, at the worst possible time. And that, I was, I, that was kind of by the, the time point of it. So that's like, <laughs> and I don't know if that has something to do with it. I, I to me, I feel like total sick ticket sales is really what's going to matter. Anyway. I know. <laughs> so it's just I know. Like, it just made me laugh, but I was like, you know, Endgame released tickets at the worst possible time. Yeah. And Star Wars, we all were like, trailer hits, tickets hit. Let's go. Mm -hmm. You know. 
I mean, it is good news, though, because I know so many people who... And, like, I liked Last Jedi, but I know a lot of people who didn't. And I even have a couple friends who said, who are saying they're just boycotting Star Wars from here on out. So, I mean... Well, here's the thing. Star Wars is going to release this year, and we're going to get a couple years off. Mm-hmm. You know, because we got to wait to find out what the next thing is. And they're not going to talk about it until Last Jedi's done. Well, I'm just glad to see tickets at least so far, seem to be selling very well, as opposed to, you know, all these people, these grumps saying they're going right. <laughs> to boycott Star Wars, right. I guess. Um, <laughs> so, since we're talking about box office, uh, did you see the thing about the Joker's box office? Probably not. They are, like, mo- Joker is, like, moments away from toppling Deadpool as the uh, um, highest-grossing R-rated film. Comic book film. R-rated right. film. Oh, just in general? In general. <laughs> okay, wow. Dead, Deadpool 1. Is... Deadpool 1 is the uh, best-selling R-rated film, period. Okay. Um, Joker is, like, one weekend away yeah. from toppling that and being the best, so, most earning R-rated movie. I haven't gotten a chance to see Joker yet, okay. so maybe my view might be a little bit skewed, but I feel like Deadpool had so much more hype around it when it came out. I, and, like, we well, all know tickets, I, tickets haven't ri- hasn't risen in price that much right. since then. So. I feel like Deadpool had hype, but Joker has been followed. Like, Joker's had hype because of the performance and then throw in, like, the critic reviews from, like, Venice Film Festival and winning Best yeah. Picture over there. And, like, it Joker's... I don't want to say it's a sleeper hit, but I want to say it's, like... I think people underestimated it, and then suddenly everyone's like, no, you need to see this movie. And that's one of the things is, like, my view might not be accurate because I'm purposely not talking to people about Joker, and because of that, I'm not hearing people talk about Joker at all, where in Deadpool, like, when Deadpool came out, I was in a different position like that, where everybody I knew was talking about Deadpool, but I also had seen the movie, so I wasn't avoiding it on purpose, so... Yeah, that's just. I just feel like I haven't been hearing as much buzz, but like I said, that I got might you. be wrong. You I know? hear it. <laughs> so. um, well, since we're on the DC train, let me knock off a couple things here real quick. Um, so, Black Adam's still happening. Okay. The is Rock, it still the, the Rock? Yeah, The Rock is supposed to play Black Adam. Um, this is. So, when they announced they were doing a Shazam movie, that was such a long time ago, and then finally we got the Shazam movie. When they before they even announced that, long before that, they announced that they were going to do a Black Adam movie where The Rock was going to play Black Adam. Uh, if you don't know, who that is Black Adam's like the other half of Shazam in terms of like hero villain. <laughs> I thought you're gonna say if you don't know who that is and then explain who Dwayne the Rock Johnson was. <laughs> yeah, so Dwayne the Rock Johnson is The Rock from uh, wrestling fame. Yeah. Um, no, he said that they're going to start the production's actually supposed to finally begin July of next year. Okay. So I just wanted to bring that up. The Black Adam movie is still happening. Okay. That's such a weird, like, character to do a solo film for, I feel. I thought the same thing, but at the same time... I mean, it's gonna be, it sounds awesome, but it just seems so, like, niche, I guess. But, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay. know what to think about so, that So here's, here's what's interesting about... Um, so since we're on DC, um, DC Universe app has their shows like Titans and Doom Patrol and um, uh, Young Justice. They're supposed to get a show, uh, Stargirl. Um, yeah. And now here's here's what's interesting. Rumor has it the Stargirl is heading to the CW. 
Not I've heard I've heard this. Not DC Universe M. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh but if if so, they have to recut all the episodes to fit the network's broadcast standards because um, you're taking an hour long show and it needs to be cut down to like forty two minutes because of commercial breaks. Um uh Though uncut episodes could make their way to HBO Max down the line. Because HBO Mm, Max is going to be the Warner Brothers um, streaming service. Now, I wanted to bring this up because in the world of streaming wars, Warner Brothers owns DC Comics in terms of, like, the television stuff. I don't know if they own them as a parent company like Disney owns Marvel. Um, I See, I used to think they did, and then I've heard people say they don't, but I don't know if... I don't know what the answer is because okay. I've I've had a I've had trouble finding a concrete answer. Well, in that, the streaming you know? wars conversation, I'm bringing this up because we've been you and I've been laughing about it and thinking like how is the streaming wars going to work? Well, Warner Brothers is going to release their streaming service HBO Max. Yeah. Um, if they're putting Stargirl on HBO Max, what does that say for DC Universe? Would they combine it? Would they, like, scrap it? Like, you know, I don't think they'd get rid of it because of the comic book aspect where you yeah. can read the comics off the app. Um, so I, I don't really know. I was just wondering what you I had to think. I think they'll probably combine it to where, like, if you pay, like, an extra couple bucks a month, you also get your subscription to DC Universe or something like that. Oh, yeah, maybe. That's what that's what I would assume, Kind of like the Disney Plus really bundle sure. deals or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, yeah. Did you that's hear about the... I don't see it on the news board, but did you hear about the Verizon move, move with uh, Disney, Disney Plus? Plus? I did, but yeah. go ahead and explain it's, it uh, again. Cause... Well, it's basically anyone who uh, has like gets their cell phone service through Verizon is getting a free year of Disney oh, Plus. Oh, right. Which yes. that is just talk about a power play and like how much... Like, I was talking to a friend who wasn't going to get DC Plus and he was like... Well, Disney Plus, I get, DC Plus, Disney oh, Plus. <laughs> uh, he's like, he's like, well, I guess I'll get it for free. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, so, I wasn't gonna and, get it, but I guess I'll get it. And for now free. they're gonna get all hooked because the Mandalorian's gonna be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're gonna really like they're gonna get you that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also can say though, like HBO Max, I had to explain to a group of people today what that was because they're like, how many streaming services does HBO need and stuff, and I. I still feel like the tight the name HBO Max is confusing. It's and confusing. I feel like people aren't gonna now, understand Warner, what it I is. I believe Warner Brothers owns HBO as a network. Yeah. It's just HBO is separate from this, so yeah, like HBO Max is not helpful mm-hmm. at all. Um, but since we're talking about streaming wars, um, the, uh, the South Park news. This is interesting. So, <laughs> South Park. Multiple companies are bidding for the streaming rights to South Park. Okay. Okay, so yeah. like Simpsons is going to Disney, that kind of thing. So multiple people are trying to get the streaming rights to South Park with the price for the with, with the price for the series reportedly at $500 million. Damn, okay. It costs Netflix $1 million a year to have friends on their service. <laughs> Um, so and friends, I mean, is it a, and friends is leaving. And is South Park a, is that a five million dollar a year thing or? I don't know, okay. but it's five hundred million. Five hundred, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's insane. It is crazy. Um, just because when you think about the dollar amounts it costs just to have these shows or whatever on your networks, that's what I think is crazy. It's. Um, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I don't watch South Park very often anymore at all, and I've heard a lot of the newer 
seasons are actually really, really good. I think as a show, it is like one of the best comedy shows like that's come out of my lifetime. I think it's one of the It's m- it's incredibly well well it the the creators, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, are incredibly well read individuals, mm-hmm. which makes the show incredibly well written. Yeah. Um so And I think it's like it's one of the more important shows as far as like shows that have changed the uh face of pop culture and has changed people's opinions on like social issues as well as just like being the show that has like for the lack of a better term like the balls to go out there and say certain oh, yeah. things and yeah, like they, they point do out not, BS they don't shy away and, they don't shy away from anything and that's yeah that's something that doesn't happen in this world anymore but so. at the same time the price point for it does seem insane <laughs> but like at the same time it is such like a big cultural touchstone that right. it makes sense well we'll too, see what you know? we'll see what happens i just thought yeah. it was interesting and had to bring it up i'm like whoa that's a big price tag so <laughs> um anyway uh i got one more piece of news and then we can talk our list for the evening okay um did you see once upon a time in mexico uh no once upon a time in mexico once I upon a time in hollywood i yet? still haven't seen it no okay so, Quentin Tarantino is taking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, re-releasing it in theaters for a limited time with 10 minutes of extra footage. Okay. And I'm kind of like, oh, come on, I want to go see the movie again. Um, this brings me to the following point. Endgame released with 8 minutes of extra footage back in, again in theaters. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is coming out with 10 minutes of extra footage. The Justice League Snyder Cut is an hour extra footage, and they still haven't released it. <laughs> so okay. this, this podcast is going to say it That's one funny. more time. Please release the Snyder yeah. Cut. <laughs> um, this is another... When I hear this, that's every time I hear, oh, we're going to re-release a movie with extra footage, I'm like, where's the Snyder yeah. Cut already? This also is like a weird lesson that I learned a long time ago. That is, if you're a good fan of something, for example, you saw, once again... Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right away. Like, you saw it right away, and you got a version of it that was shorter. Like, and now they're releasing a longer version, so the people who weren't good fans and waited to see it can go get the longer (laughs) version. And I've noticed this time and time again, like, uh, I remember always noticing, like, a band would release an album. And, like, if you're a good fan and you go buy it right away, that's cool, but later on, they're going to release the deluxe album that's going to have more tracks. Two tracks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, really? I was the good fan and bought it right away, and now you're making me buy it again. So yeah, two extra yeah. tracks. So that's your that's your lesson for today. If you're yeah, a loyal a, fan you know, of something, a, you will be punished. <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene in um, Men in Black 1 when Tommy Lee Jones is explaining to Will Smith some of the like tech that they get from the aliens and he brings up like CDs and all that stuff. Yeah. And he shows him some like music way of getting music or whatever and he's yeah. like he's like, I guess I'm gonna have to buy the Beatles White album again. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. So yeah, that's exactly your point. Um all right, well let's um let's move on and do our list for the night. Um are you ready to do that? For sure. Alright, so it's list time, so you guys know what that means. For the top five. Okay, uh, Peter, this yes. was your list, so um, you want to explain this to everybody? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I found this so list this is... ridiculous, did, but go ahead. Did you find it difficult? Because I found it easier than I thought it would be, but... Um... Um, I found it... I'll explain why I found it difficult. <laughs> explain the list. Yeah, I don't want to bury the lead too long. I picked... Uh, this is our top five uh, least favorite 
entertain like tropes in entertainment media. It could be movies, books, TV shows, but it's basically a trope is kind of like a cliche you see in like entertainment. So it's like these uh, things that you see happen in like multiple movies or books or TV shows and you see them again and again. And a lot of them are tired things and a lot of them are repeated it's, because... It's basically like someone had an idea, did something in a movie and now everyone's jumping on the bandwagon exactly. and trying to repeat or copy in a way and it be- yeah. they become cliche elements in storytelling. Exactly. It's basically what it is. And I think it's one of those things that... They are, they're repeated so much, and I think it's because they do work. Like, there is some merit there where, like, you do certain things a certain way, and it actually does work as a way of storytelling, but then it gets done so many times that it kind of loses the dramatic effect it once had. Um, I did, this is a negative list, I guess, technically, but I kind of wanted to do it in the way of uh, constructive criticism and kind of just talk about, like, it's kind of cool from a writing aspect. Like I think we're going to have a laugh about this, too, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make your own stories, it's kind of cool to think about the, this, like, what are the kind of tropes and cliches I can avoid? Um, and, yeah, I mean, a lot of the things on my list are tropes that are found in some of my favorite movies, etc. So I'm not trying to be too much of a hater with this list, I guess I could say. So, um, um, yeah. Well, my thing with this list is this is kind of a, like you said, this is kind of a negative list and which we don't do because we like talking about, we don't talk about things we don't like, basically. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about, like we wanted the show to be fairly positive. So we're spending all this time talking about things we like. And look, there are things we don't like. And and if you don't, if we don't talk about them, there's a chance that we don't like them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's so many things out there. Um, But this is an interesting thing because. Yes, this is kind of a negative list because we're talking about our least favorite story cliches or storytelling tropes. However, a lot of these are from things that I love. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm making fun of it. It's more of like, like you said, constructive criticism. However, my problem with putting this list together is I can forgive almost everything when I'm watching something. Okay. Um, and when I say my forgiveness is usually like, um, let me give you an example. This isn't a, this isn't a trope. It's just an example. If you're going to break the laws of physics and how the world, like literally the laws of physics in a movie or a TV show, all I ask is for the crappy line of dialogue to explain how it worked. Yeah. Okay. doesn't matter what it is. Just explain it to me. It could be, it, you know, if the time travel in the movie, to me in my head, doesn't make sense, but you gave me the crappy line of dialogue to, so I can let it go and just move past and focus on the adventure that the characters are in, I can forgive mm-hmm. Um So these are all these things that I have on my list are forgivable, but they definitely are my least favorites. Okay. That bug me. Nice. So, um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Or? I honestly didn't think that I was going to have an honorable mention <laughs> until I started like really looking at things. And yes, I have one honorable mention, and it's kind of a weird one. So I'm just. Um, but do you have any? I have two actually. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first since you have two? And then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we do the back and forth. My my first one's like pretty vague, but I just picked uh, amnesia. So, like, anytime, like, a movie uses amnesia, it just seems to be... We are going to have a very different <laughs> It seems to be a very convenient plot point where it's, like, character gets hit in the head, they get amnesia, but, of course, their memory's going to come back right at the last moment when they finally need it. Um, I actually found, thought of this one because I was looking at various forums where people were talking about tropes, and uh, one person I saw had a really good point is, like, 
amnesia is actually like a super rare thing in real life <laughs> but like in the the world of movies it feels like one in every 10 movies you watch somebody gets amnesia at some point so it's just like you know we can do away with that one is kind of what i was thinking so anyways uh what's your one um mine is um inviting all of your work friends to major life events Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so. Like in television, yeah. it happens in television shows more than anything. Like it's, The Office is a perfect example. Will there be a major life event in <laughs> someone's life, and they will invite everybody from work? <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. And I'm too. like, I'm sorry. Like, no offense. Like, I like all the guys I work with, and some of us hang out socially outside of work. But for the most part, I only see them at work. <laughs> I've been noticing this, like, not necessarily work people, but school people. This happens a lot in Riverdale, where something happens. <laughs> it's just like, why is every single classmate at this event? Like, this wouldn't happen in real life. So I definitely agree with that one. It's really funny. Um, did you have more to say on that one? Or uh, No, I just, I think, I, I kind of just realized, I'm like, I don't hang out with my work friends nearly as much <laughs> yeah. as the people on television hang out with their yeah. work friends. <laughs> um, so... Um, it, I guess it depends, like, certain shows, like, I guess Wings, because the island is so small and everyone just knows everybody, that, you know what I mean, that's yeah. a little different, um, but, like, The Office, I really doubt those people hang out outside oh, yeah. of The Office nearly as much as they do. Yeah, usually so. there might be one or two people from your work that you might invite somewhere, but, um, okay, so my next one, this is another honorable mention, and it only is an honorable mention because I have a love-hate relationship with this one, where, like... I think it's a corny trope. I think they should do away with it. But at the same time, sometimes I really love it. And that trope is retro... I guess, I don't know how to phrase it, but, like, record scratch sound effects. <laughs> like, you know, when, like, there's music playing and oh. somebody walks in the room and then you hear that, like, and then, like, the music stops sort of thing. I feel like it's a big, like, 90, like 80s and 90s trope that they don't do a lot anymore. And usually when it's done in movies nowadays, I, I just can't take it seriously. The mo the only, like, recent, like, one of these... I'm I sorry, I'm just laughing about, like, that specific <laughs> yeah. thing. Well, like, because there is a kind of recent example, and a lot of people don't remember this, but in the movie The Wolverine, and that's the Hugh Jackman Wolverine yeah. movie that takes place in Japan, they have one of these in there. <laughs> There's, like... Uh, Hugh Jackman, like, breaks into this, like, hotel room of this, like, Yakuza guy or something, and he's, you know, like, having a party, like, in a hot tub with a couple girls, and Hugh Jack or the Wolverine breaks in, and they, they have that record scratch, like, music stop sound effect, <laughs> and when I saw it, I, I was watching it in theaters with some friends, and we all just started cracking up, because, like, we just couldn't take it serious, like, the scene seriously right. after that, so... And I do really like that movie, too, but it's just, like, a hilarious moment, so. Um, are we up to uh, actual picks Actual now? picks, yes. Okay, actual picks. Okay. <laughs> this is one where the brother and or sister mistakes one another for each other's lover. Oh, okay. It's like, I mean... I'm like, if I worded that right. It's like a teen comedy. It's like, like some weird teen comedy the yeah. and then the brother and sister, like, you know, whether it be text message or an email. Or, or like, they or do like, this and there's a lot of jokes and friends they, with Ross and Monica. That they do, do that stuff and, sometimes, too, and you're like, the, the sitcoms do this all the time, and it's yeah. just like, come on. Well, here's... It's more of like, that would never happen. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's yeah. really that's really funny. I mean, there's a lot of comedy there, but yeah, it's true. Like, there is comedy that there, but never that would never in, happen in real life. And the joke's been done so many times. It's like, you know, come up with something original at this point. Right. So that's hilarious. Um, should I go to my next one? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this one, I actually realized this earlier today, and it's because uh, at work in the background... This is your first pick, right? Yeah, yeah, my first actual pick. At work in the background, we've been watching a lot of 30 Rock, which... I actually never watched that show, but I actually think it's really funny. Like, there's some amazing, Dirty Rock's great. There's some amazing one-liners in What's that show. What's it on right now? I we're watching it on Hulu, I think. Okay. So um, okay, then that might be the only place it is. But there's the scene where uh, it's like a flashback to when Tina Fey is like a kid or a teenager in this one scene, and I just it. Like every time I see adults playing the parts of kids and they like give the the adult like, kids like outfit and haircut, it just like makes me cringe. I don't know why, but I hate adults playing the part of right. kids and stuff. So and there's like uh, people love this movie and I think it's all right, but Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like there's this part, there's this part where uh, Jim I like Carrey, that. I like that movie. I just what? it's oh, one what? of the like kind of like like dream esque like parts where it's like. Jim Carrey and uh, why am I forgetting the actress's name? Uh, uh, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, yeah. Um, but they're both like kind of in this weird flashback in Jim Carrey's mind where they're playing the roles of kids and like Jim Carrey. They're both dressed up as kids and running around and stuff. And you don't remember this at all? No. Okay, so not that not this scene. Okay, but... this is a part of the movie that I honestly just can't take. It like makes me not able to take the rest of the movie seriously because oh I yeah. Just, Hate I, the way I know that I can part imagine because there's, there's so stuff like much. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just adults playing the part of kids. I don't have any thoughts or examples related to that. But no, it's just I like not any directly examples, but I totally hear you, especially with the Tina, like with the Tina Fey one. But <laughs> yeah, like you know, but that that's played for laughs. So that's it's played like, for laughs. Works, but at the same time, part of me just cringes when I see it on screen. Um, just, it doesn't or, look or not right necessarily to me. Uh, kids, but there's a every now and then you'll see like a you'll see a sitcom with adults who are like definitely middle age and they will instead of recasting for a quick gag they will like put a wig on them or something <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. they'll have to play them college selves you know like yeah yeah and that's like the college like yeah they do that in like how i met your mother a lot and like new girl and usually that stuff when it's like when you're in college, you're at least, like, a full-grown adult to an extent. But for some reason, when they're, like, going back to teenager and before, it just, like... It just doesn't look right to me for whatever reason. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So, let me see. This Does it go to me, then? Yeah. All right. Um, let me look at my list. Because my list is, like, sentences. Normally, it's, like, a bulleted point. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just listing off a title of a show. So, I have to kind of look at my list and read what I wrote <laughs> down. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Okay, here you go. Um, nope, I'm going to save that one. I want to mm-hmm. save a, cu- a couple of these I want to save. Um, okay, this kind of goes back to your record scratch sound yeah. effect. Okay. A character who waits in someone's office or home in the dark, and then when that person arrives, they flick on the light switch like it's supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> Like one person? Yeah. Do you have any examples of this? um, Unfortunately, I have to use Captain America Civil War as the most recent example in my head. Not Civil War, but uh, Winter Soldier, where Nick Fury is in his apartment in the dark, 
and Steve Rogers comes in, and Nick Fury's like, holds up the phone, like, quiet, don't say anything. Okay. But then later in the movie, again, the Winter Soldier is in Robert Redford's, like, house, and he flips on the light, and the Winter Soldier's <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> they okay. do it They do it twice in the movie. <laughs> but if you look at, like, sitcoms and other films and stuff, every now and then, it'll be, like, a serious part, or, like, the mobster's in the room, or the killer's in the room, or whatever, and they flip on the light, and you're like, whoa, there's a person there. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that so many times, but it's, it was hard for me to think of specific examples but, but the just, fact that they do it twice in the same movie is it's really just funny. so ridiculous where it's like nobody would ever do that in real life but right the dramatic effect of it oh right man. but now it makes me want to like do it to somebody <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just sit there quietly in the dark and like they flip on the light and you're like we need to talk <laughs> that's awesome um all right uh your pick <laughs> okay this one i feel like might like uh this one we might match but this is something that some of my favorite movies have done this but i still had to put it on my list because in writing it's always the worst thing ever and that's anytime a character dies and then is brought back to life and this is something that like they've done in like pretty much every superhero comic like they did it yeah, in kind arrow of, yeah. they did it in a lot of things but at this point in like I guess civilization where like so many stories have done this like I kind of feel like it's a trope that it would be okay if it died off um and I, I don't know it's just one of those things where well, comic books you don't stay dead for long um but but I also so, like and, and there's certain there's certain storytelling elements where I think it's okay but well and that's like like I said there's some of my favorite things have done this but like and like I love superheroes so much that I'm there's a level of forgivability that I'm willing to give to a lot of the comic characters that have done this. But for me, I think there's like, once you kill somebody and then bring them back, there's a level of consequence that's like removed from the story because there's always this part of you in the back of your mind where you're thinking, well, if this character died and came back, that can probably happen to any other character. And right. suddenly takes, you're not... It takes the stakes away. Basically. Yeah, you're not worried about if anybody dies. And that's kind of my biggest well, problem until i mean until avengers uh, infinity war hit um one of my problems with the marvel universe was the stakes weren't high enough because no one was dying there yeah. was no there was no serious levels of threat yeah exactly. up until infinity war and then suddenly like you you actually felt the emotional weight of like losing these characters like x amount of movies later and you're just like finally people are like and that's again. what that was my favorite part of infinity war is that the way the movie ended was so did feel so ballsy and uh the fact that certain <laughs> characters stayed dead even after all was said and done like i really appreciated that where like a lot of I think a lot of cases it's done really badly, and I think uh, the movie Beer Fest has probably the best joke, like, just about this trope in general, and I don't know if you remember it, but um, after... Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. Oh, like, after Landfill dies, and then his twin, his, like, twin oh, brother, like, right. yeah. magically shows up and just fills in his shoes for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always I always loved that joke from um, the movie, so... Yeah. All right. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the few ones I thought we were going to for sure match on, to be honest. No, I have a feel. I, at this point, we're not matching at all. I, okay. I, I really don't think we're matching at all, unless this next one is on your list. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy boards. No, but I, I love conspiracy boards. Okay. So like. <laughs> it, this is something that doesn't bother me, but when I was thinking about the idea of, like, the cliche and, the, like, the tropes and everything. Yeah. 
when I realized how many movies and television <laughs> shows and cartoons, if you need to make the if you need to make someone just look a little bit crazy, they have a hidden conspiracy board with pictures and newspaper articles and the thread like yeah. and the pins like all over the place. Like mm. everyone's got it. It's yeah. all over the place. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. There's memes on the internet of like uh, Charlie Day explaining Game of Thrones like within a conspiracy board. Yeah. Like it's more like use it and I don't have a problem with them being there because I don't think about it at the time. But when I was putting it together, I'm like, wow, everyone needs to stop <laughs> using conspiracy <laughs> board. That, this is an example of like, you're right. This is so played out and like. In this day and age, most people would probably just have, like, a conspiracy folder on their phone or something like that. Like, I, there, I don't think people go all out like that anymore, but I just love the aesthetic and, like, usually the plot points surrounding conspiracy boards in movies. I enjoy so much that this is one that I kind of forgive a lot of times when I see it. So that's kind of my thoughts on it, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so conspiracy boards. We didn't okay. match, I assume. Sweet. So mine is... <laughs> we didn't match? No, no, okay. we didn't. Because I was just saying I like I like them enough. I like I them. I think I, I think they're cool, but you don't think about it at the time. And then yeah. suddenly, like, when you realize that it's everywhere. Yeah. And then little do we know somebody out there is making a top five conspiracy board right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> um, okay, so mine, my next one is a line that we've all heard in multiple movies and it's any time that a movie ends and uh there's some character somehow acknowledges that they just accomplished this big feat and they say something to the effect of like oh i'm glad that's over or something and then another character says back to them this isn't the end it is only the beginning <laughs> something like that <laughs> we've seen it so many times in like so many like sci-fi fantasy movies or action movies it's like, I think the first time I saw it in a movie, it was like, oh man, that's like, that's deep. But as time goes on, you just see it time and time again, and it's just kind of really, really played out. So I think the last time I heard that <clears throat> said in a movie, I was like able to like say the next line along with right. the character, you know, so. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really funny. It's like, when you think about that as an actor, I wonder if. Like if they think if like let's say let's say Tom Cruise thought about that right and then he gets the script for whatever movie and he's got to deliver that line at the end, does he have a problem where he's like how in the world do I say this line? Oh yeah, for sure. Where it's like a believable would be different than everyone else who's <laughs> used it. A, gr um, a great movie for lines like that is uh, Underworld: Rise of the Lichens because I remember when I watched that movie there was so many like predictable lines like i think that... that's the only one of those movies that i don't like by the way <laughs> right. is rise of the lichens but uh i think i think that line is in the movie i think there's another part where uh i'm forgetting the actor's name but the main like head vampire guy he's like an older actor he's really good he's um he plays the rock star in love actually you know that that actor I... oh yeah um man what's that guy's name anyways like like he he's in the movie and there's a part because uh the main girl character, who's a vampire, I think she's pregnant with a half-vampire, half-werewolf or something like that in the movie. And he plays her father, and he finds out about yeah. it. And there's a part where there's a line where you think he's going to say, that thing inside you is a monster. Because that's like, 
you've heard that line millions of times as you've watched the movies your whole life. But he changes it up and he says, that thing inside you is a monstrosity. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm glad they changed it up and added that osity at the end of it the, right there. Yeah, right. Um, it is, uh, is it Bill Nye? Maybe. Yeah, I think. The science guy? Or like Bill Nighy or Bill yeah. Nighy, yeah. yeah, that's how you. That's well, how you Mike, it, it yeah, probably so it's, it's Bill Nighy. I don't. It probably isn't Bill Nye, but it's just you associate that name with sure. other Bill Nye so much. So, all right, so my turn. Yeah, I think we're down to. Is this your last one? No, we got two, we got two okay. picks each. So my next one is. Um, okay, so you have two characters who you're rooting for to be together. They finally get together. And then a short time later, I'm talking like an episode or two, they break up for really stupid reasons, and then you spend the rest of the show waiting for them to get together. <laughs> Ross and Rachel are a perfect example of this. Um, right. And you see this in other sitcoms, too. This one really drives me insane because someone on a studio level, for some reason, thinks that relationships on television and movies are only interesting when there's drama. <laughs> So yeah. so they do this thing where you're like, oh, we want these characters to get together, and they finally do, and then they split up. And mm -hmm. then you're, like, playing the will-they-won't-they they crap game all the way to the end of the show, yeah. are they going to get together or not. What bothers me about that is relationships can be interesting when they're working relationships, when they're solid relationships. And where friends turned the corner with Ross and Rachel and the will-they-won't-they... They then opened this other door with Monica and Chandler, and you had a solid relationship all the way to the end of the show after, after that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? After the Ross and Rachel thing looked like it was, like, done for a while, Monica and Rachel, Monica and Chandler became a thing, and then that was a solid relationship that stayed. Um, I just don't, I just have a problem where you're just, it's just the, hey, we want these two characters to be together. Yay, they're together. Yeah. And they, we, you took that away. Thanks, guys. Appreciate <laughs> it. So. That's, um. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying, and that's a really good point about, like, Monica and Chandler are kind of defying that rule where you're actually seeing two characters in a relationship for a long time. And the only, like, arguments I could... With a functioning relationship. Yeah, and like... Even though they have the drama, they have the weird stuff, It's but it's a functioning <laughs> relationship. Sorry, um, go ahead. No, the only thing I could, like, argue against it is, like, there's also the level of, like, you always have to leave the viewers wanting more, or, you know, you can't give them everything they want, because then they'll stop watching. But, uh, I don't know, I think there's, like, just an aspect of, and this is kind of getting maybe too deep into, like, cultural tropes and stuff, but there's that whole aspect of, like... We've all heard so many fairy tales, and the end is always they lived happily ever after, and that's the end yeah. of the story, and it's kind of like Western storytelling or something is like has been obsessed with the pursuit of like a relationship for centuries, but once you're there, it's all over or something for some right. reason. So I think that's a really good point, and it's a really good like takeaway for like writers and stuff is like, you know, look at stuff like that, like how most media focuses on the pursuit of a relationship and maybe use that to your advantage switch it up like make a story that's actually about like the inner workings of a relationship you know yeah. so yeah sweet um go ahead okay so my next one is actually the trope i thought that made me think of this list and i noticed okay. it because and you're not saving it to the end 
No, because I thought of a better one, actually. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's two of my, like, favorite things within, like, the last five years use this, like, really, really common trope, and that's what made me think of that. And that is what I would call, like, the heavy metal douchebag or the heavy metal bully. And, like, I've noticed something in movies where... Every time you have a guy who's, like, into heavy metal, they're always, like, an asshole or a bully or a psychopath. <laughs> and, like, it happens all the time, and it's, like, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, well, I have a lot of friends who like metal, and they're actually really, like, chill people, you know? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And, like, so the two uh, properties that gave me this idea is uh, It, like, the new It movies, like, the main, like, bully, like, douchebag character is, like, a really big metalhead. And then also Stranger Things with, uh, I can't remember the and, character's and name. But throw in Breakfast Club. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Right. And it's just kind of like, I know it's like an old thing, like, you've and, got the uh, low life. Billy from Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, Billy, exactly. And it's, like, one of those things, like, I know there's kind of been, like, crossover between rockers and low lifes for a long time. But at the same time, it's like, you know, mix it up, you know? Why does, like... I don't know. I just feel like in media they make it seem like anybody who listens to like heavier music. So in a in, is a, in like, a general sense, though, you would say character stereotypes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but yeah. that's this is one that like really like caught my eye because it's like things that I really like that came out so recently, and it's like really we're still doing that stereotype and like <laughs> not to spoil too much, but the character in it, like there's a part where he's bullying a kid and he takes out a knife and, like, is trying to carve it into, like, this kid's, like, yeah. belly. And I'm just, like, or, like, carve his name into a kid's belly. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't know anybody like this in real life. Right. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, that, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, are you back to me? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, this angers me more than anything else when it comes to storytelling. Okay. That's why I'm sa- that's why I saved it to the end. So at this point I doubt that you and I match, but if we matched, I'm going to laugh and that's really funny. Okay. But this trope is love is the answer. Okay. For example, I mean the fifth element is love. True. So. <laughs> true, but they kind of learned that later. Okay. In the midst of things. Yeah. Like it was part of the story building. Where my point is, character spends 20 minutes learning ancient superpowers or technology to find out that the whole thing could have been defeated with the power of love. Okay. Do you have any examples? Because Unfortunately, no. Uh, well, actually, no. The best example would be A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. Um, but at the end of the movie, it's just love finds a way and love is what holds the galaxy together and love is what you know i mean yes it makes the world turn and yes love is a good thing but yeah in terms of storytelling i think it's a cop-out and it usually is like oh my god stop it and it just it really angers me when love quote unquote is the answer to the ultimate problem that we're dealing with okay um, the re- where fifth element doesn't bother me is because love is technically the final element in the equation. Yeah. I mean, she's the fifth element, but in, if you think about it, when you look at what's going on, love is technically the final piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And they just didn't know that, and they learned it as they went, as opposed to, oh, love is how it works out, you know what I mean? Like, all you need is love, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, that's a good point. I feel like I agree with you, but I haven't seen it done in a lot of things, but I probably have and i'm just not realizing it you know i can't remember a lot of examples but yeah that's a pretty good one i'm thinking of uh this is a bit of a tangent but 
Um, did you? Ever so s- we haven't matched at all tonight, which is kind of cool. Um, there's. Did you ever see the sequel to uh, Silent Hill? The the movie. No, sequel? I just saw the first. Okay, one. so Silent Hill Revelation. I, that's really good. The first one's awesome, but I just. Didn't I, see I the like the one. first one a lot too. The second one is not that good. Like it's <laughs> it's pretty bad. And there's like, okay. there like three like two thirds of the way through the movie, there's this big fight scene between Pyramid Head and then this other like creepy looking monster. And that's literally the only part of the movie that's probably worth watching. Like <laughs> that fight scene's awesome, but the rest of the movie isn't that good. But I think of it because the way that so Alessa, the girl, the little girl from the first movie, is now like late teens, early twenties age. And she goes back to Silent Hill, and there's like a dark like, because doppelganger. because you would. <laughs> I can't remember exactly <laughs> because why she reasons, went back, but um, there's like a dark doppelganger version of her in Silent Hill, and that's who she has to defeat. And the way she defeats her at the end is by hugging her. Yeah, and like they don't call love it. is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't call it that, but that's just what happens. Like they don't say she has to hug her, but. That's literally what she does is she goes up and she hugs her yeah. and then the evil version Shows of her, her little, like, gives her a little fades TLC, into mist you know? and gets blown away. <laughs> um, Love so is the that's answer. Just, that's just what it reminded me of. Um, the other thing it reminds me of is, uh, have you ever seen Troll 2? I have or, not. Not that okay. one. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the first yeah. Troll? Okay, nice. So Troll 2 is a gem of a film. It's... <laughs> It's, like, bad, but it's so bad it's fun. It's you a should, gem of a I film. think you should watch it because you would get such a kick out of this movie because it's so bad that it's good. But there's, like... I think you've told me to watch this, too. I don't, I don't want to go on a huge thing because there's so many things to say about this movie, and I think we should talk about it on the podcast at some point. I'll say this, like, there's no trolls in Troll 2. They're all mm-hmm. goblins. Oh. There's no trolls. It's Ooh, just all that's goblins. the twist. You ruined it. <laughs> no, there's other twists. But at the end of the movie, there's this magical stone that they need to destroy <laughs> because that's where the goblins get their power is from this, like, magical stone they found in a cave or something. And uh, it's this family that's, like, trying to stop these goblins. And uh, they teamed up with this old, like... I don't know if he was a janitor or, like, some mechanic they met. But there's this old guy who knows all the ins and outs of the goblins that they're working with. And they have to try to de- uh, destroy the stone. And the little kid of the family, like the little boy, asks the old man, how do we destroy the stone? He's like, what do we have to do? Do we have to, like, shoot it or something? The old man says, no, you just have to touch it. <laughs> and then the kid and the old man go up to the stone and they literally, like, put their arms around it and hug it. And then, like, the stone, like, slowly fades away. So <laughs> Love is the answer. <laughs> exactly. So... Sorry for that tangent. No, but I, I just, like, and I, I remembered when uh, Wrinkle in Time, the movie, was coming out, because I hated the book for that very reason, that yeah. you know, love is the answer. And um, we, can, we can defeat anything with love. Um, and it, it, that always bothered me. And then when the movie came out and people were, like, talking about the special effects, and I'm like, it doesn't look like anything I haven't already seen. Mm. And I had no intention of seeing the movie anyway. And then uh, someone was someone asked me if I was interested in seeing it. And I'm like, nope, I don't watch I don't watch things where love is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I've read. So in like fifth grade, I think we had to read A Wrinkle in Time, but I can't. Remember, I had to read it back. I can't in the day. remember much of it at all. So maybe I should watch the movie to refresh my memory. But yeah, the whole love and is the answer thing does kind of sound like a letdown. But yeah. Anyways, we could probably finally get to my last pick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so this one, and I know you're going to be mad at yourself that you didn't think of this for your list, but it's whenever there's a group of people who are fighting, like, 
some sort of army of whether it's aliens or orcs or monsters or whatever it is, and there's some sort of big bad guy, and they have to defeat the big bad guy, but when they do, somehow all of his minions magically die too. Oh. And that's like, they do it in so many things. Yeah, like, they just did it? it in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, um. they did it, I think they did it in The Avengers, they did it in, um, what else, Independence Day. Like You, you've d- seen you it defeat the big and bad and then everyone else goes. And it's one of those things that they keep seeing it in movies and I know they do it to save time and they, they do it so they can wrap things up quick, but like... Man, I would like to see a quick montage of them just going through and plowing down everybody else just for well, when to we make did, it different. When, you know? when, when uh, in World War II, when Hitler was defeated, everyone, <laughs> so were the Nazis at the same time. <laughs> right. They, they all just stopped being. Yeah. Yeah. It is um, a thing. No, I'm not mad that I didn't think about that, but that's really funny. And uh, I would, you know, it's interesting because you don't think about that when you are watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, I didn't um, really think of it. Because, like, when you're watching Game of Thrones, like, that's not a thought in my head at all when I'm watching Game of Thrones. That's, you're just like, well, we know, because you find out that, like, oh, yeah, so if they kill the one guy, all the rest of the White Walkers, you know, it's just And I, I think there's an aspect of, uh, sometimes when it's more magic-based, I think it's a little bit more forgivable. You know, where, oh, like... right. I feel like at the end of, uh... The Avengers did like all the Chitari die at the same time in like a similar fashion. Yeah, I can't remember the end of the first Avengers. Yeah, it's um, been a while, so I might be completely wrong. But I know I've seen things where like it's like a race of aliens. No, and for yeah. some reason all they all die, and I'm just kind of like, I don't think that would happen. But if it is like something where it's like all the minions are magically linked to this one big baddie like that makes a little bit more sense to me but it's still kind of a cap out there's the hive mind part but if the big baddie's done wouldn't why would everyone else just stop functioning exactly yeah yeah all right that's interesting (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah why didn't i think of that but b yeah yeah (laughs) um well hey uh that kind of brings us to the end of the list so it's my pick for next week um, and I don't know why I've been thinking about these. Uh, this, so uh, I'm throwing this out there. We're gonna do a list of um, heist films. So like, it doesn't like as long as you're. It's got to be elaborate though. That's the only rule I have. You can't just pick like a petty thief and he just steals stuff randomly. We're talking like elaborate, like like uh, Ocean's Eleven is a perfect example of a yeah. heist movie uh, because they like put together. They get a team together and they put together a plan and then they have to go into the casino and rob the casino. And, yeah, like, I'm, I'm specifically focusing on movies that make the plan to steal a big thing or whatever. So, yeah, How much, what's an un like a non elaborate heist? Um, movie? You ever see the movie Matchstick Men? No. Nicolas Cage. Um, who else is in that movie? Uh, Sam Rockwell, I believe. It was. Ba- it's more of a petty thief kind of a. I mean, there's okay. a heist in the movie, but it's not like a real. It's more of a. I'm doing. The, I'm robbing this thing because I'm robbing this thing, and it's more about him and his daughter, and it just, yeah. he just happens to be a bank robber kind of thing. Okay. So if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So yeah, cool. I'm just heist movies. I just thought it'd be kind of fun to do something like that and look at. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a good pick. I can only think of a couple off the top of my head, so. There's not a lot to say about it. No, yeah, that's cool. I just, I just, I was kind of looking back because we've done this is what episode sixty four. So we've done sixty four consecutive like lists, and we haven't like had to worry about like revisiting anything yet. And it's just, what's the next list we can do? And I don't know yet. So uh, 
Yeah. There is there is one thing I love about heist movies is anytime a movie puts you in a situation where it's like the characters need to get that one diamond or that one, you know, whatever it is they're trying to steal, and there's like this impossible security system. And it's just like, so I love that sort of like, how are they going to strategize their I know. way into that's, it? Like, that's so much fun. Right, and know? that's really, I think that's really fun stuff, and I love the tech, and, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I like the Mission Impossible movies, and Ocean's Eleven, like I said, it's a good example. We'll probably talk about that, because one of us will probably have it yeah. on the list, whatever. And there's always the hacker character who, he's there, he's hacking into the system, you don't really know what he's doing, right. but you know it's important for some yeah. reason. <laughs> and he's almost got the Gibson taken yeah. down. Um <laughs> Yeah, all right. So, yeah, heist films for next week. So, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode for this week. Um, if you guys would do us a favor and check out our website, top5report.com, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, hit us up there on the social media. Um, we are on uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us, and if you do uh, that, you will not miss a single episode, but you can also leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we understand criticism because that helps us get better, and it makes the words we say sound important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be trying to get Jungle Cruise to defeat the Rise of Skywalker in its first hour of advanced ticket sales. <laughs> yeah, because, because that's the ultimate. Because that's the ultimate uh, Christmas movie battle. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.